Hello and welcome to Sitcom Geeks. Uh, I'm James Carey. I'm Dave Cohen. And this is not only an episode of Sitcom Geeks, but it is also episode 10 of our Sitcom Geeks Soup to Nuts series, which is a Patreon-only series that we have we have opened the doors um, so that people can have a little glimpse into what we're up to and what we're doing. Uh, Dave, why don't you yep. say a bit about what it is? We are creating a sitcom from uh, from nothing, really. Uh, we've just, um, we just we started talking about, let's make a sitcom. Uh, let's show people the entire process from the very beginning. From the uh, soup, From course, the soup, yes. To, all to the, the way nuts. To the nuts, yeah. yeah. So we have recorded nine nine episodes so far um, over about a six-month period or something, but that's like they're about half an hour each. So in the course of four to five hours, we have come up with an idea for a sitcom, probably a radio sitcom because that's something that we we could actually make that's that's mm. the uh the the long-term plan is that we actually get some people to do uh be in our cast and do a read-through um it's a three generation sitcom set in a a small town somewhere mm. in the uk struggling like most small towns are um and it's about a family business that uh, has been dormant mm. for a couple of decades and is suddenly comes back into fashion um it, it's a family sitcom about a family business yeah. but it's it, it's set very much in the present time yes and so and we arrived at this through and if you go if so basically if you join us on patreon you get access to the the previous nine episodes and you'll get all the future episodes uh, as we record them as well as loads of other benefits like the first 10 page challenges uh, which you get to listen to and if you join at a certain level as well you get to submit your scripts to that you get a copy of dave's book you get a copy of my book in fact both of dave's books um and as well as some sort of patreon only episodes goodies goodies and also sneak previews of so the moment we interview someone super famous uh we get it straight up onto the um uh we get straight up onto the uh, patreon only uh section so that our subscribers can listen to that straight away and we thought um, that, that probably it would be a very good way. Uh, we, we've we've done lots of episodes over the years about things like this character yeah. or that character. So there's some background noise here, yes. which we can't do anything about. We're I'm just sorry plow about on. that. Yeah. Yes, somebody is reversing into our room yes. by the sound of it. Yeah. Um, uh, so we've like we did an episode about odd couples. We've done episodes about how to make your characters more proactive. We've done episodes about plots, and but we thought there's no substitute for actually. Why don't we come up with our own show and and show you the workings of it? And that's we thought that would work specifically well for people who are you know especially interested in in writing your own script mm. uh, and that's as much why we made it as a thing just for for exclusively for patreon yeah. uh, listeners yeah um in so doing as i say in yeah. so doing we sort of talked about our own experiences and it's sort of funny how because one of the things that i've been saying a lot recently on this podcast and in many other situations is every new sitcom that exists really has to be able to answer the three basic questions of why this why now and why you why are you writing this idea now and you know why should they commission this idea now and it turns out that there are echoes of this idea because i think it's very particularly important that that previously every idea seemed to be have its be of its time and i think that's completely fine but it feels like now particularly commissioners and controllers want an element of personal story about it and so there's an element in this idea you know, I, I live in a town 
um, which uh, is out in uh, out in the West Country, that has one one main employer, which is uh, what was called Westland Helicopters, um, but it used to have loads of glove sh- uh, glove um, factories, which is why the football club are known as the Glovers, and they've all gone with the exception of one. And as we were talking about this kind of um, a sitcom where a family who have gone out of business, as it were, are going to revive their fortunes and try to turn around the fortunes of the town as, as well as their own uh, family fortunes, as it were. Uh, it was during this process that Dave suddenly remembered that his own family <laughs> basically used to used to manufacture clothing. Mm. I did. I hadn't forgotten that. Right. But, but what I hadn't, uh, I, I hadn't sort of drawn the link really between uh, the idea that this of this being something that I'm, I write about, and I have written about it before. Uh, but the idea that what I could bring to this sitcom, which is as much about the the dynamic of the family and and how having a family business uh, impacts on the relationships mm. within that family uh, and the fact that it did go bust. So right. I've, got, I've got a good strong... First-hand experience. Yeah, good mm. strong narrative mm. uh, to, to add to that. Um, and so that that's... For, for both of us, it's very much a why, why me, why now? Mm. Um, and also I have I've learned other things along the way... In, in, We've we've already made we'd already done about a hundred episodes of sitcom mm. geeks before we started doing this and um, you know we do have experience a lot of experience and we, we we've talked a lot about that but I've I've learned quite a lot of new stuff I think uh, mm. in the process of doing this so we thought uh, it would be quite a good idea to at this stage having already done nine episodes so episode ten is like you know what have we what what have we learned what have you and i james learned Mm. from this process that we can pass on to you uh now over and above just the coming up with the idea um and i suppose the first thing for me the main thing i I, and i do i have talked about this before we, we mentioned this about how when you are creating a sitcom ideally you are building it's like a little bit like building a house. You put putting the foundations in the place, and then hopefully constructing something. Mm. But but you know that it's never going to be like that. It's always a kind of messy experience, and some things will will come up um, that that are that, that are not part of the foundations. But you mm. think that's too good to to forget. So you 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 kind of put that. You write it down. Um, and there was something where we were talking in the, about episode seven or eight, where I had an idea, or one of us had an idea, and, and it sat, that sounded like a scene, a written scene. Mm. And I could almost sort of, I could hear the scene, but you know, we're still, we we haven't even started writing the the, yeah. the the you know it might not even appear but but the fact is so it was it was like oh we're building the foundations we're still on the foundations but i've just come up with a really lovely yeah. kind of chimney breast for the first floor yeah so that that's kind of hanging suspended in 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 the middle of this construction so so it really is um that that sort of sense of yes you're building foundations but you have to keep your mind open f- yeah. to see how characters develop and part of how you develop your characters is you'll come up with ideas for scenes that that seem to be a long way ahead of what you're already thinking yeah and the trick and therefore and that's a good sign that you're doing that uh when when those sorts of come up but what you don't want to do is therefore is then cling on to them too tightly and try to insert them in the first episode or two whereas actually you just need to have the you need to what what those scenes are giving you is a bit of excitement a bit of a oh do you know what 
this idea works any any situation where you can suddenly hear your characters starting to talk you 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 are making a big step forward on your on your show um and i remember there was a um a show that's uh, a pilot script that i developed and i specifically remember hearing a scene between the lead character a mum and her daughter and I, I was swimming when I thought of this thing and I had to get out of the pool and go to my locker, and get my phone and type the dialogue. It took me about 10 minutes to type this whole, whole scene, which I think ultimately uh, did not appear in the final pilot script. But it really helped me work out the tone of these two characters and their relationship. And it just felt like a funny conversation. So actually, when I was pitching the show... I was able to use that as a sort of sample dialogue thing because incredible though it may seem that people whose only job it is to imagine TV shows that don't exist um, and get paid a six-figure salary to do so then ask you to, for no money, um, fill in all the blanks and write sample dialogue. Um, it's great, isn't it? Um, it? You might as well get used to that is the world we live in at the moment um, and you can sort of, you can do your best to be getting to pay you for it, but uh, good luck. Um, but those scenes are really important in terms of just giving in the same way that an architect, you, you're, you know, you're selling a building um, and an architect's drawings or model is like that's, you know, you're trying to excite the person who's spending literally a six or seven figure sum on this idea of yours. You have to do all you can to make them want to do that. So in a way, it's, it's not entirely unreasonable to ask for sample scenes, but yeah. obviously there is there are limits. Well, if you can find me an architect who'll do me some sample drawings for free that uh, to give well, me an idea. <laughs> there you go. I mean, they sort yeah. of do. They're aware they have to pitch, but then there's yeah. a point at which yeah. uh, they have to start charging you, and that's obviously completely yeah. fine. And is there anything specific that you feel that you have from doing this particular show? Is there something? Well, I've got some tangential things we could talk yeah. about in terms of uh, pitching and presenting the idea, right? Um, which we can come to in a bit. But I'd be interested to know if there are any other things that you've thought. Um, I suppose one of the things um, that um, I've become aware of, and this is uh, again when you're working as a, a, a writer, you you will find yourself um, in a room with relative strangers. I mean, obviously. Mm. I know James very well. We know each other very well now. We worked on this uh, on sitcom geeks a lot mm. together, but we'd never actually written together. No, I never, think we, we never spent, professionally worked really. In the well, same. I think we maybe spent two or three days in the same room yeah. when my your episode of My Family was yes, uh, being that's made. That's about it. Yeah. Um, but the, the 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 dynamics of the rooms. I mean, there have been uh, we've we've both worked in many different rooms. I think when you work on a in a, I guess that when you work in the room with Milton, mm. um, that's you know a, a lot of fun and a yeah. lot of coming up with ideas and mm. things but in fact uh, we are in that very room we're recording ah, this right, interview okay. in, in the very room where i sit with milton yes um so that's and i found where i've worked on show non-topical uh shows where you everyone sits around and throws ideas around and that's that's slightly more fun than when you're working on a, a topical show yeah and there's you you can and there's a glass uh between you and the other rooms and you can see everyone else is that uh, they're, they're kind of waiting for you to send to to 
takes your yeah. eight perfect jokes about that yeah. subject in, which <laughs> they will then put four in the script. Um, and so there is a kind of a little bit more of a, a tension in a, in a topical writer's room. There may, may be less. I mean, they were also, they were always all male, mm. which is no, now no longer the case. And so maybe, so there was a little bit of toxic masculinity going okay. on there as right. well. So, so I'm used to being in a room with people where uh, sometimes the alpha male will tell you in no uncertain terms what a bunch of stupidity and rubbish ideas that is. Yeah. I, f- I found it quite interesting doing this with you now right. is that I've I've because we're literally making it up we're not yeah. you know we're, we're, we're not kind of preparing anything beforehand no. I'm aware of saying something and I'll think about a minute later that really was the most ridiculous stupid thing but actually maybe it wasn't that yeah. stupid yeah uh, and so it's been a it's been a, a, a nice thing from that point of view i haven't screamed that's a terrible idea (laughs) at the top of my lungs so that's that's uh, good that's a nice uh, thing that i found and 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 it has made me feel free to to waffle even more than i normally waffle (laughs) Uh, so that's been a good that that that's been a a good learning well i'm pleased you feel that because i'm i'm sort of i am very much having done this sort of thing for quite a long time i have realized that any idea could work and yeah. there are lots, and that, it, and therefore, you know, we get sent lots of first ten page ideas as well from Patreon subscribers and all that kind of stuff. And initially, you may just think, "Ugh, you know, this idea is never going to work." And you think, "Well, except I can think of three shows now where this idea does work, or where yeah. this could work, or mm-hmm. in the right hands, this could work." And it's yeah. all about context and execution and all these sorts of other things. So I, I hope that I've become a bit less dogmatic about what will and won't work. And I'm I'm actually pretty now suspicious of people who say, well, that would never work. Um, and, you know, you might be able to technically explain why a show shouldn't work. But then sometimes you have got a bit of a job explaining why why yeah. everyone seems to like that show. I mean, you can you can throw plenty of accusations at Mrs. Brown's boys, for example. But, you know, now, now please explain to me why nine million people watch exactly. the Christmas special. So... Yeah. Um, it doesn't really do to be too uh, definite about what does and doesn't and shouldn't uh, and shouldn't work. I guess the other thing that has struck me um, is therefore because we've recorded all of our conversations about this idea and we've really had very little conversation about this idea that hasn't been recorded of, you know, we've got three and a half hours worth, four, well, four and, four and, and a half, half hours yeah. worth of us talking about the idea and... It just makes it's just been reinforcing to me how much you need to talk around an idea yeah. before you land on something mm. that you really think that you can write. Just to go back to those three questions mm. that you asked at the beginning: why, why me, why mm. this, why now? That's not necessarily something that you can sit down and and, and write notes on. It's mm. the sort of thing that you're kind of you know you're sort of staring into space. And yeah. Think, yeah. Why me? What is it about me? And you kind of know you really, mm. don't you? So, you know, not actually physically writing stuff isn't necessarily the way that you'll yeah you'll get that and i think not and therefore the advantage of having a writing partner is that you do knock these ideas back and forth back and forth back and forth and it really does refine them because quite often you if you're on, you're on your own and you come up with this amazing idea and you really do get your get up ahead of steam and then you mention it to someone and the very act of saying it out loud you suddenly realize that your idea has uh, feet of clay or at least, you know, is not the idea or they say, oh, what, as in this show that already exists and people are watching and then you realise, oh, okay, that's 
that's a good point. I hadn't really spotted that. So any way in which you can work with someone else on an idea, I think, is um, obviously when when it comes to money, you have to halve everything. Um, but actually, two of you can probably work on two ideas and spread your bets, and you know. And so there are there are lots and lots of upsides um, upsides to it yeah. uh, as well. One thing you mentioned actually in the last episode that we recorded about um, being sh- about talking around mm. the subject is knowing n- knowing what the questions might be from people yeah. who read it, and I think that you know being able to sort of preempt a lot of that. And uh, it did remind me of occasions where I've sat in a room with a script editor or a producer, um, and they've asked me some quite searching questions about my script uh to which i've had to go ah mm, yes uh you're right about that i hadn't thought of that uh that is a problem and you all the confidence drains out yeah. of you and you think god why the earth didn't i not think about that yeah. uh, i don't know you, uh, i mean you've had that experience yeah. as well yeah. I've, I've very recently in fact i had no, where um uh, i pitched an idea that i'd on one level come up with ages ago and then I sort of revived it and realised that now was a particular time to pitch this idea and then somebody asked a very awkward question about it and I just thought I don't have an answer for that and I felt like it was a really good question and I really should have seen that one coming so I slightly kicked myself for not but it's partly the timing of the meeting and I just thought actually I really want to pitch this idea because it feels very much of the moment and you can turn that into a positive and sort of say well that's a really good question that's a really good question and I don't quite know what the answer is what do you think and help them and then suddenly you're having a discussion about an idea that they can then buy into because they feel like they were part of the discussion whereas if you present a fait accompli here is my perfect idea that's of the moment that's perfect for me and uh, here are the first six episodes worked out in very careful detail and all I need you to do is to take this to someone who can pay for it and then we're off to the races. And that doesn't really leave them an awful lot to do. And they will feel like they have something to offer, which they actually probably do. Um, and therefore, it is worth having those discussions, but therefore it's worth preparing for those discussions and knowing your idea inside out so that you can discuss it uh, rather than feel like this is an exam or like a tripos. Uh, you know, where you're sitting on a three-legged stool and you've got dons firing questions at you, um, which is the old school way of, you know, how they used to do, you know, Cambridge exams back in the 17th century or whatever it was. Um, You know, it is a collaborative process, television particularly. And so therefore, but equally, if it feels like you really haven't, if you really, if it feels like you've just come up with an idea that no one's done before and you think, well, maybe that's for a reason, and secondly, why should you do it? Secondly, thirdly, why should we do it? And fourthly, why should we do it now? Um, you know, you really do need to yeah. have a really good think about these ideas. Mm. And you don't necessarily, like I say, have to have your definitive answers. I mean, if you feel very strongly about something, then obviously you would argue it. But you, you know, if somebody says picks up on something you, you're at least in a position to say yes it's interesting that you thought that because i i tried it this way and that didn't work for me so yeah. or, or we you know we thought that would work but then we we took it down this so it's it it doesn't necessarily mean um that 
you know that, that you've met, you've given a wrong answer. Yeah, it just means that you 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 have looked at. It yeah. shows that you have looked at a lot of options yeah. and that you 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 understand why they ask that yeah. question. Because it may seem that if you're pitching your idea, they might say, "Well, wouldn't it be much simpler if X, which is basically the route one idea," and you can say, "Well, yeah, that was our first thought," and but then we realised that by episode three you're kind of stuck with X, Y, and Z, and every episode's basically going to be identical. Um, and one other thing I've learned is that um, even though every episode of Scooby-Doo is identical, don't ever use Scooby-Doo as an example of how your show can basically be identical every episode. That, you, have you tried that? Uh, I have been warned off using Scooby-Doo as an example before by somebody who knows what they're talking about. Right. Um, you know... So um, yeah, I must admit that's not the, my my go to show where I'm trying to say it's Scooby Doo meets Jaws. Yeah, that's my. Well, it's more yeah. that if you just say, and every week this character is going to do this, <laughs> and this character is going to say this, and yeah. it's always going to end with this, and people will say, "Well, you don't want the same episode every week." And your clever reply of, "Well, it worked for Scooby Doo," <laughs> that's yeah, that is not admissible evidence. <laughs> Um, for for what I don't, and I don't know entirely know the reason, but my gut tells me that that's good advice <laughs> to not cite Scooby Doo. I, yes, I do think I, I I I'm not sure that citing Scooby Doo in your in as uh, to your advantage yeah. is going to work. Yes, it's like yeah. if you mention Hitler yeah. in an argument, you've lost. Yeah. <laughs> Equally, if you mention Scooby Doo, yeah, while pitching the, a sitcom, yeah, it's one of the few overlapping Venn diagrams where Scooby Doo <laughs> and Hitler occupy the same. <laughs> The same circle, yeah, so, uh, the same yeah, set, yeah. I believe, is what if it, it hadn't be. been for those pesky Americans yes, coming in yeah, at the end. I'd yeah. have gotten away with it. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I would just add to that, having spent a lot of the last six months working an awful lot on my own. Mm. Uh, it is what what a what a pleasure it is to be in a room talking to someone and then thinking of them something and they go oh that's a good idea mm. or that isn't and then they say something and sparking me to go oh yes and that's yeah, an idea and this yeah yeah it really is uh as, as a, again we have said on many occasions you know and people often ask should you write on your own or should you write with a partner um i i i think um you know i like i like both mm. but i certainly have enjoyed the contrast mm. having spent a lot of time writing on my own yeah no you really can uh, drive yourself mad although there are occasionally ideas where you just think i'm the only person who understands how this could work and i've just i have literally just pitched an idea recently where i just thought this feels like i want to do this show and i don't want anyone to talk me out of it and this is a show that not only do i want to watch i want my kids to watch it and i want to write it um, I, don't, I don't want to get talked out of it. Um, but again, you know, you don't want all your ideas to be like that, yeah. you know. So um, talking about the idea itself um, and when you're in a meeting and that kind of stuff, this is all very well. But we um, one of the things that uh, so you can find us on uh, Facebook. Uh, there is a Sitcom Geeks uh, group uh, page, which, of course, Facebook don't ever show you because the whole thing's a racket and they want to give us they want us to give them money in order to show you content that you have already chosen to see, which is pretty annoying. But um, Facebook groups are actually better for that. So if you join us on Patreon, you are become a, you can become a member of our, our Facebook uh, secret group where we do talk about these things and we do actually ask uh, questions and uh, we do have a bit more discussion about things. And when we ask people there, what should we talk about? Somebody said, could you talk more about pitching and presenting ideas and what to do with them? So we thought this would be a useful kind of test case as what we could do with this idea. 
I mean, mindful of the fact that we are probably in a different situation from lots of people listening to it who wouldn't necessarily be able to get the kinds of meetings that we might be able to get given we've done a few bits and pieces. But overall, the principles are kind of the same, I guess, aren't they? Um, So at the very first instance, what would do you think uh, you would be wanting to do with this idea that we've been talking about, a three-generational sitcom um, you know, blah blah blah, which you could probably boil down, which you could probably boil down to a page or two or something like that. What what is a treatment? What are you looking to present? What what's a treatment? What's an outline? What would your first gut be to? Okay, I'm now happy with this idea. I haven't written a script. I mean, we are going to write a script, um, and it may be that we should sell to people. I'm afraid you're going to have to write the script. Yeah. Um, but in the first instance, what would practical advice be to someone who's got this kind of idea or what, what, what could we do with our idea as mm. we've got it at the moment? Um, well, I suppose the first thing that, as you say, when you say about, uh, having a page and, and, and again, this is one of the reasons why I think, um, that it's an issue when, uh, production companies say, oh, just, just show us an A4 page, mm. you know, that's all. And, you know, an A4 page isn't much. But yeah. the amount of work that goes into the the, the headline yeah. of that A4 page, and I, I think that's for, for yourself as a writer, you want to know, you want to have done enough work, kind of as much work as we've done already, I yeah. think. Whereas we, both of us could probably go away, we could go away now, and we could probably write up an A4 page yeah. based on... The, the, the four and a half hours of yeah. discussion that we've had and the notes we've taken, we 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 probably could yeah. come up with a very strong A4 yeah. page pitch where and there'd be little phrases that leap out and the and you'd be able to look at the character and say this character is this and he's that um, and and you go immediately go ah yes I can see how that's funny mm. uh, and this relationship. This odd couple relationship mm. is this, and yeah, I can see how that's funny. Oh, it's an interesting story. Oh, and it's got these. So I, th- I think w- that, but you know, it's it has taken us a, a lot of work mm. to get to that. So when and that document yeah. itself will take time as well, because yeah. you know, one of us might sit down to write that document, and then I would send it to you uh, to have a look at and a fiddle with, and then you'd send it back to me, and then we might have a Skype. And then talk about it just to say, are we basically happy with it? Yeah, I'm not sure about this bit or this bit or, and so that in itself is another few days work um, to get it condensed down to a, a really grabby yeah. one page, two page outline. Yeah, I think so. I, th- I think that's what I, you, you know. It, it is um, that th- this this the process that you go through from saying I've had a great idea isn't this a great idea and yes everybody has great ideas every day yeah uh but it, it it's then you know you then have to refine that idea yeah and that's the constant um day-to-day process mm. and so i would say that you know don't kind of don't run away with i've got a great idea i'm going to just write it out and i've got this a4 page i mean you might sometimes it does happen like yeah. we were talking in the previous episode about uh, the al murray character yeah. the pub landlord sometimes the character arrives in your head or the sketch arrives in your head mm. fully formed um and, and and it is then just a process of, of writing it down but i think you do have to be prepared to stare into space for mm. hours and, and and not write a word yeah in order to to come up with your you know what what 
as well as the why me, why yeah. this, why now. It's what, who is this character? Yeah. What is it about this character that is familiar mm. and yet original? Yeah. Um, so it's something that people will recognise. But you've, yeah. what's my new take? Why? What do they want? What do they get? Yeah. And and uh, what's the situation yeah. that they're in? And how do they how do they bring about their own demise? So these are all the questions that we ask, and you yeah. and I, every episode, it come it's something it comes up in some form, and that I think those are always the key the mm. key points. And it depends. There's no one right way of of doing it in terms of getting that document together because. It may be, as you said, it may be hours of staring into space. I'm not so much a staring into spacer, although I do find going to the gym and swimming and going to the sauna quite helpful uh, because I've literally got nothing to do. But I have to, I can't write anything down and I can't check my email and I can't look at Twitter. So my brain tends to work particularly well then. But also I tend to develop an idea when I'm... Uh, I, I, I could easily write three or four pages of of this so our idea at the moment which i don't think we've actually got a title for it at the moment um but we've got a a multi-generational sitcom um about uh, dennis who was a grandfather who used to have this um, factory and he was the last in a long line of people who provided lots of local employment and he has a daughter and and she in turn has a daughter who is a very prominent Instagrammer and they discover that the satchels that they used to make are now worth quite a lot of money secondhand and there is a um, an Instagram picture of Winston Churchill holding one of their bags and suddenly they've got an image uh, and, a, and a backstory that they can resurrect and you know and it goes from there so I could write two or three pages on that relatively quickly and then maybe two or three more pages on that a bit slower and then and then I might send that to my writing partner, obviously be you in this case, or, or Richard for other ideas, or or it might be me in a few days' time where I just sort of save it, forget about it, come back to it, and then try to distill that idea and realise I've repeated myself several times over. And actually the third way in which I've expressed this character is better than the first two, so I'll delete those. Um, and I'm saving, I'm saving every document, every version of every document. So, I've, so by the time I'm sending out the treatment... Uh, for, which is a couple of pages long, that might be version six. Yeah. Uh, but I haven't wasted anything. I haven't thrown anything away um, because, you know, these things take you know, kilobytes, not megabytes or gigabytes. Um, so that's kind of how I tend to do it. Whereas others might have, they might think and think and think and think and then write two pages that are fairly crisp and then they can just nudge it down a little bit. And that's great. But just know how you work, and there's no what, there's no right way or wrong way of doing it. Which of you, you're probably more the latter than the former. Well, in fact, I was. I'd say up to a few years ago, I was very much the building the foundations, and we need this and we need that. And partly through writing with you, and also writing with another partner, I've I've kind of forced myself to think of things in a different way. And um, one of the things that has become interesting to me really is. Uh, since writing about mm. comedy is uh, looking at someone like Graham Linehan for instance who who has a kind of moment who or has several moments mm. in every episode um, and he, he will build a, a, a sitcom episode around these sort of funny mm. points and what I've started to do and I think I've got a little bit better at now is I've started to kind of aim I've been aiming for the point where all is lost 
and, and that will yeah. be uh, and and, that, and I can be doing that at any time of the creation and, and it sort of helps when creating a character to think of the situation a situation where all is lost for that character mm. what are they going to uh, how are they going to get to that point how are they going to be the architects of that yeah. and how are they going to get out and get back to the beginning and that's that's become a way a new way for me of, of I'm still learning really with yeah. that yeah. yeah no it's it's um it's tricky uh it's very tricky the um other thing that you can do is it's not cheating to, to suggest cast as well if we're thinking about that document you can have an actor in your head and that will help them imagine the tone of the character or uh, and whether they're available or not it doesn't matter um i mean you could even go fantastical and just say you know think will ferrell for this part or or think or even, you know, think someone who's not even an actor or think someone who is like, uh, just think this is a sportsman or someone who's very famous or anything. And, you know, personally, I'm happy putting pictures in it as well to give you a feeling of the tone. Um, Richard, my writing partner, thinks that that's uh, childish and stupid <laughs> and insulting the intelligence of the people who are reading it. Uh, I sometimes do that on my own pitches, whereas we tend not to when we're doing it together. Um it kind of depends, really. I mean, I think you just want to create a... You know, people are feeling led and you want to create a feeling of this show that it's going to be exciting and funny and fresh and original and then that you are the person to write this idea as well. And I think also just that thought about casting is, uh, you know, you don't, you're not necessarily thinking, oh, this is my dream cast, but you sort of think about... Uh, everything you've ever watched that made you laugh. And, mm. and, 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 and you know, there are a, a, a limited number of comedy personas and mm. things I mean if you think about uh, if I say Martin Freeman mm. that immediately gives you a sense of what your character is, yeah. who your character is yeah. even if that's he's not going to be available to do it you yeah. get that that tells you something yeah. or or if I say um, Captain Mannering yeah you know that so that that kind of gives you a person yeah. who is uh, going to be careful using existing comedy characters though yeah but, but yeah, yeah I suppose but and I suppose yeah we've talked a lot about our show being a sort of little man against the yeah. world sort of thing and, and in a sense that's Captain Mannering yeah. is is that character in in a very different way to yeah. the way that we're doing it. Yeah, and but, even at uh, the end of your document, you could put "This is Captain Mannering in space" or yeah. whatever it is. I mean, mm. you can you can sort of do. Some people think you shouldn't do that ever, and some people and it, there's no you have no idea whether it's the right thing to do or not. If you want to do it, do it, and if you don't, don't. It's fine. I, I don't think that we can say hand on heart always do it or never do it. We do get asked specific questions quite a lot in fact i was listening to an episode of script notes quite recently uh where they they talked about um very specific things that you can put in a screenplay do uh, can you put pans across or mm. or zoom out to reveal and 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 there's some uh some writings creative yeah. writing school or something professors say if you put that in your screenplay you will fail mm. and uh, of course they were both saying, "No, this is ridiculous." You know, yeah. if you know, whatever it takes you to convey your story or mm. convey your pitch, then uh, you know, if you have to use phrases and you're not quite sure that they're the right phrases, no one's going to penalise you. Yeah, if that, as long as they know what you mean when you say exactly, it. yeah. And so you can do it as you want. I mean, you could, you could. The first page of your pitch could be a memo from one character to another character. It could be a kind of 
it could it could almost be the first it could, it could be the first page of your idea where you if you've got a particularly brilliant idea for how the show opens then that could be the first page and the second page could be okay so where are we what are we doing what's the you know there are no real rules yeah. to this i mean if you can think of a, like a catchphrase or something i i i, I, I just coming into town today i saw um, there's an advert for men in black three mm. or whatever it is number but you know it's not not a franchise that i'm particularly excited by but it's uh, the, the, the catchphrase it was something like you know because the world won't save itself right and i just thought oh that's a that's a really good little yeah that's a lovely little line and that's mm. you know people are paid zillions of dollars to come up with those phrases like that yeah, yeah. And so I th- if you've got something like that mm. you know you immediately know what's yeah you know snakes on a plane yeah exactly what well what's that going to be about yeah <laughs> i can't remember what point on bluestone 42 richard and i worked out the show is about why soldiers love being soldiers um i think that was something that we we stumbled across but it took us a long time to work out you know why why are we telling this story now it's more that we wanted to show why despite the fact that you had a, a risk of being blown to pieces by an ied that you actually that soldiers actually wanted to go out there and use their training and use everything in an active war situation and you know so therefore we had a glee to the show and a warmth to it which was these guys are having the opportunity to do what they do best and what they do better than other people and where it counts and where it matters to them and so i think people i think that resonated with the audience and and was a nice but again we talked about that show rich and i for hours and hours and weeks and weeks and months and months and because it was a very controversial show, it, I mean, it wasn't in the end, really, particularly, which was a bit of a pity. Well, could have been. It could have been. Um, is that we did know, we, we did know what the show was and what it wasn't. And so when it eventually went to the director general to be signed off, um, I mean, talk about needing green lights. I mean, that had that needed about six green lights. Um, you know, we were pretty confident that we knew what the show was. And that whatever they were worried about, we weren't particularly worried about because we could artistically justify everything that we were proposing rather than just, oh, we just thought it would be funny, which isn't which isn't quite good enough. Although it's a start, you know, it is a start. Well, when you're writing about uh, a, a war zone where there are still people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was another thing we realised, yeah. you know, this is we're pitching a comedy that takes place in an active war zone that is still a war that is currently happening now, which I don't think had ever been done before. Because, uh, of course, MASH brilliantly cheated by setting a, essentially a Vietnam comedy in the in Korean, Korean War. War and it, yeah. looked, it looked very, very I mean, very I didn't know yeah, you when wouldn't. I was watching it yeah. until several series in. Yeah. Like, oh, this isn't Vietnam. Yeah, right? yeah. And I guess they have yeah. been saying the word Korea in a way that I've not really yeah. noticed. Yeah. Um, no, that was, that was very clever indeed. So there are lots of ways. And then I'm aware that, uh, therefore, we get to... I might get a meeting because I've had a show on TV before and written, you know, bits and pieces that I might get to verbally pitch meeting, verbally pitch stuff. But actually, you might get that too, um, especially if you've written a script that has shown what you can do as a writer. You might get a meeting with a, a producer who says, I like your writing. Um, we're not going to develop this idea because we've already got something like it. It doesn't feel right for us. It doesn't feel whatever. And you just think, well, that doesn't make any sense at all. Why won't they do it? But that way madness lies don't bother be grateful for the meeting and then you can actually verbally pitch 
your meeting and you might want to do that without sending to them sending it to them first you know you probably could i mean that's how they do it in america um and they're actually quite opposed to a thing called the leave behind where you leave the document that you pitch because they think the union says that actually they should pay for that um and i obviously have a lot of sympathy with that view because there's so much work has gone into that document it looks so insubstantial oh well why don't you just leave it behind and actually that's well, quite a, coming back to the thing of, yeah you know, yeah just give us an a4 page yeah know. that i mean that requires yeah. so much more work yeah. than i think people mm. uh, really do realize um i think and another thing uh, just just to point out just before we finish on this that uh we we are looking uh we are thinking we we will write the script we think and uh we also we're planning to probably record it and we between us we know enough uh people performers and we can probably get a quite a decent cast to come and and do a, a read through of it now obviously we have those advantages um but i mean again this this is the world this is another reason why we we we're doing this and sort of show you how it's done yeah. and there are people you know there are our shows out there more and more people now are creating their own uh audio sitcoms mm-hmm. audio shows and putting them out there online and putting them on patreon and people are if people like them they they buy into them so yeah. it, it it is you know it is the future of yeah. of of um comedy recording you yeah. know so it's and, and that's something that you you can consider yeah. given that there is really basically one place in the whole of the world that buys radio comedy yeah. shows uh so you're competing with you know several hundred people yeah. and, and many of them who are extremely successful already so mm. so it although is, audible is open for business that's true um, yes. and, and big the, finish yeah and so th- there are some independent routes but yeah obviously the lion's share is going to be bbc radio 4 so if you like what you're hearing then there's lots more of it uh, where we talk about the idea in detail and you can go back all the way to soup to nuts episode one if you join us on patreon and therefore if you google sitcom geeks patreon you will find us and you can join uh, and there are various benefits at various levels uh, the top of which is you know you can also send us the first 10 pages of a script and we will do a podcast for that one episode you know those 10 pages which is only available to be listened to by patreon subscribers so there's at least there's at least 10 15 hours of exclusive content on there if that's Mm. of interest then um do join us for the rest of the journey great well um i think we're done uh so we are uh, about time for this week so thanks very much for listening you can uh, find us on facebook you can find us on twitter at sitcom geeks and also Dave is also on Twitter as Dave Cohen Comedy. I'll Dave have to, Cohen have Comedy. To remember that for and I am Sitcom Geek Singular. <laughs> and um, uh, and yes, so I've got a book called Writing That Sitcom, which takes your idea from your basic idea to your uh, finished product. So you can find that on my blog called sitcomgeek.blogspot.com. Yeah. But also you can find it on Amazon uh, as well. And it's very good. Oh, thank you very much. And Dave has got two books out, How to Be well, Averagely Successful at Comedy. Yep. And then the new book is called... The Complete Comedy Writer. Um, which is about all kinds of comedy writing, yeah. not just situation comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that is available through... Amazon. Yes. Yeah. And all your website. Yes. Your DaveCohen.org.uk. There we go. And I've got some more classes coming up in November if you yeah. want to come to them. You can read about them there as well. And stay tuned. We are going to be making some videos as well. So you will see these beautiful faces of ours, which please take our word for it, how beautiful they are, uh, on YouTube 
uh, and you will see for yourself the awful truth of what I have just said. Anyway, thanks very much for listening. Thank you very much. Speak to you next time. Bye. Bye.